Uh, Please stand for the reading of God's word. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and all the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people, Israel. The word of God. Thanks. Please be seated. So if you were here last week and uh, you read the text, you might be saying, well, you read this one last week. The answer is yes. Good job for paying attention. Um, And actually, um, we're going to be in the same space that Pastor Chris Um, Haddison last week. We're in the same story, and yes, friends, these are the same characters. And we do that with purpose um, this time around because um, part of what it means to be honestly coming in to the season of Advent as we wait for the coming, the birth of Christ, of God to be with us, is going back and rereading the story to understand what is happening in the story. Kind of like Pastor Chris said, sometimes it's really easy to breeze and bulldoze through all of the anxiety in the text. And yet, we can't actually come and grow if we don't muscle through the anxiety in the text. And so today, we're gonna sit with what that is. And we're gonna think about What can we do as people that are not too unlike the Israelites in this moment? So um, King Herod kind of threatens to be the protagonist of this particular set of verses. And mostly because, as we learned last week, he takes up a lot of room because he's a big presence in the story. He's the angst in the story. In fact, in the Greek, taraso, or taraso, I'm really sorry for you actual Greek scholars, I am ESL for life, and I will always pronounce Greek terms as if they were supposed to be in Spanish. You're welcome. Taraso. This word meaning, this is what describes what Herod was when he learned that there was going to be another king in his kingdom. And of course, it's super confusing to him because he has been spending his time setting up his entire kingdom. To me, I think about it um, kind of in the way when you're playing Monopoly and you finally get to that round where you're like buying all the hotels and you're just like, I'm in it. I'm so good at this. No Monopoly players? It's okay. Some of you guys are like, it's the one reason we don't talk at Christmas. I'm gonna pray for you. But it's kind of like that, that he's finally coming into his own and he's now finally setting up his kingdom and he's now in this space that he is the ruler of the people. And not only has he set up his kingdom in terms of physical space, he has now, um, he's 
grasping mentally all of the people. He is the ruler, he is the king, he is Lord over all people, and now the people are finally repeating after him. He is the line leader, he is the guy in charge. So the most interesting part of this text, at least what stood out for me, is that this moment that troubles Herod, this news of a coming king, actually also troubles the people of Jerusalem. It troubles the people of God, that God is coming to be with God's people. To me, it was one of those moments where, oh man, we, we have to go back and reread the text. Maybe uh, our people of Israel need to go back and reread the text too, but anxiety is contagious, isn't it? And it turns out that Herod's anxiety, his taraso, that thing that has unraveled him, is now something that he is going to extend to the rest of the people of Israel, and it will unravel them. But for two different reasons, he doesn't want to be replaced. And the people have this history of this, though, right, of, of misunderstanding who it is that they're actually following. Over and over, the people of Israel find themselves in this place of turmoil. This isn't the first time they're actually feeling this sense of troubled. But now they have a new king. But this entire time, they've been seeking and waiting for the coming of God. But sometimes it's easy when you've been in a thing to just let it be. Because, like Pastor Chris said last week, then you have to have the hard conversations. Then the people of Israel then have to look at Herod and say, actually, this is what the scriptures say, that we have not been waiting for you to be the one to come and be with us. We have been waiting for God, the one, the Messiah. Our entire lives have been waiting for the one. But it's hard to have a DTR, right? Defining the relationship with Herod. Having a moment where like, hey, thanks, it's not you. It really is us, because you're not our one. But that's hard to do, because even though they have been living in a time and a space of suppression, they got used to that, because at least then they knew when they were going to have their meals. At least then they had a security of where they were going to live. At least then they knew that they had a job. Even if they hate their boss, at least it's a job, right? We don't wanna have the hard conversations and the people of Israel aren't quite ready to have the hard conversation with Herod because Herod is what threatens all of their immediate and basic needs. And the people are finally in a place where they feel secure even though it's under this kind of reign. And we're not too different, I think, in our Christmas season that anxiety tends to be the thing that hijacks our experience, which is why we watch Hallmark movies. Thanks, Pastor Chris. I wanna confess, I spent the entire last week watching Hallmark movies, of which then I had to recover myself from the emotional turmoil that it brings you, even though you know they're going to end up together, right? Because everything leads to a what? A happy ending, a romantic encounter, love is supposed to be at the heart of this story. And actually, yes, we want love so much to be at the heart of our story. 
We want so much to live in relationships that accept us. We will go out of our way. We will do anything possible in order to be in relationship with people and even staying in relationships that are unhealthy, even sustaining relationships over the holidays with our families in communities that are unhealthy not being able to speak up for the way that God is showing up in the story. Sometimes we misplace the main characters in the story, similar to the way that the Israelites misplaced the main character in their story. And so it says, when they heard this, this is what Herod does, is in his panic, because he's not too familiar. He hears a rumor and he lets that rumor be the thing that makes him go wild. Wait, wait a second, there's somebody else that's gonna come and take my job. And so he goes on his Instagram and he calls together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. And he asks them, what do you know about this guy? And sometimes we do that, right? We go and we go and we ask all of the people to affirm us. We go seeking affirmation for the thing that we want to be possible. Tell me this isn't true. How many ways can I spin this so I can make this fit my comfort level? And so Herod goes and he seeks out the people. And unfortunately, the answer that he gets isn't quite what he's looking for, is it? They say to him, well, he's going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea because it's written in all of our history books, because this is something that is inevitable, because the way that the world is right now, they claim to Herod, is not how the world ought to be. And now we have this baby who's coming in and putting everything upside down on its head. And Herod, Herod, like we learned last week, is going to wreak havoc on a community. And that's what happens when we're not having those conversations ourselves. So what can we do this season um, to ourselves bring something a little bit more honest to the table? Unfortunately, to have an honest advent calls that we have more honest conversations that we seek out actually um, what is going on in God's story and not misunderstand that this is somebody else's story. When we seek out the real meaning of Christmas, we have to leave room for how Jesus arrives in this space and a moment for our own transformation. So we have to ask ourselves hard questions in order to heal from within. One of the most interesting reads in these last couple months I read was something called The Deepest Well. And The Deepest Well talks about how our society is so sick. And some of the most interesting forms of disease that are living in our communities are because we are unhealthy at home and we come, um, the author calls them aces. We have these traumas that we have been living with and we haven't been talking about our traumas. Everything from sexual abuse as a child to abuse in a marriage. Everything from an accident when you were a kiddo um, to um, failing your exam for medical school. We don't talk about these things because we only want to talk about the things that feel good. 
We don't wanna talk about how our, our kiddos were at risk once upon a time when they were young. But what it has turned into is it will manifest inside of our bodies and then that will become disease. And there's, a, there's actually a ripple effect to all of that because that disease that manifests itself in a person will then become the sick person that is in our communities. And the way we've talked around here is if one person is ill, it really is our entire community. As we prayed for people this morning, those people are our community members. And we know that their families are a ripple effect. They're our families, right? And so how do we, how do we arrive at asking the questions? Um, I've just got a few suggestions and I think this will help us sit with the text a little differently. Um, I don't know about you, but um, so one of the questions I think is really helpful is for us to sit with the text and ask ourselves, um, who is Jesus actually in our lives? Who is Jesus in your life? And how do I actually come into this relationship with God? What does that mean to you as a person? How, how are you coming in relationship? Um, does that mean that you are taking time to read the story, that you are taking time to dialogue about the story of God? Um, what is making me anxious this day? or this holiday season? Um, and how did I come to believe in this story that I'm telling myself about the thing that has upset me, right? And why does it matter that we ask ourselves these questions? Because sometimes we walk around with an interpretation and we don't even know where we got it and we live our life according to something um, that is actually has a seed of anxiety. And like what Herod was giving to the people, we inherit this angst, the story of angst. But the story of Advent, the story that we read, just this portion, it doesn't end there. It actually ends with an incredible hope of a child coming, of God coming to be with God's people, an incredible opportunity for a new kind of life, not one that is hijacked by anxiety, but one that extends love and unconditional love and that moves us into a place of peace. Why does it matter that you and I as adults ask ourselves these questions? Because if we don't ask ourselves these questions, then we also give to our kids a different layer of living in the world. This week in a couple of my Bible studies, um, some of the conversation that I ended up having with uh, second and third graders this week was about bullying. And we talked about it and they, you know, part of what I do is just listen. And they said to me, Pastor Bev, um, I don't, this kiddo has been bullying me for the last year. And I said, who, who have you told about this? And they said, well, you? I said, okay, no, no, uh, no pressure. Um, okay, but who, who at school have you told? Well, I can't, I can't tell anybody at school because I'm scared that, um, that they're going to hurt me or I'm scared that they won't believe me. I'm scared, um, more importantly, they said, I'm scared that nothing's going to change. I'm scared that this is what it's going to be like. And I think this year, I'm just gonna ask my parents to have me move schools. 
And so this made me think of what it's like when our story isn't talked about, when we don't talk about the anxieties in our life, is that we feel handicapped to hope. We feel handicapped to a way bigger story, and this is what we hand to our kids. So we had to sit with these kiddos and actually problem solve, do the thing where you write something on a piece of paper and you say, this is the thing that's making me anxious. The reason I don't like going to Christmas dinners with my mom is because of this. How did I arrive to this idea and why is it still governing my life? And what am I doing to change that story? How am I inviting and interpreting this story through the lens of the hope of Jesus and a God that is with us and grants us hope and not through the anxiety of a story led by the wrong kind of leadership? So that's my invitation for you this week is when you think of Christmas and you think of God coming to be with us, how are we making room in our lives for Jesus to be with us? And are we able to ask some of these unsettling questions? The birth of Jesus, like the kids read, isn't a comfortable moment for everybody in the story. But the story doesn't end with a troubled Herod. The story continues with hope. And I hope that you can arrive differently in this season of Advent with your story aligning with the love and the coming of God to be with you. Amen.